Reed's Ranch is proud to partner with Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm. March Madness is here. If you find yourself out watching the game, drinking, don't drive. Take an Uber. Call a taxi. Call your friend. Call your parents. Call somebody. I don't know. Don't get behind the wheel. But if you do, and if you get pulled over, and you find yourself in trouble, there's only one name you need to keep in mind. Marcos Garza. Before you say guilty, say Garza. But he doesn't just do DUI defense. He also does personal injury and criminal defense. If you find yourself needing a lawyer, use the people who support us. Marcos has been with the podcast for well over a year now. He might as well be a uh, founding member of the Ranch Gang. Marcos Garza, GarzaLaw.com, 865-540-8300. Let's get to the show. I mean, this is the last stand. You're listening to The Unfiltered. Well, I hate to say I told you so. There's nothing to be done besides to get on Twitter and tweet to all my dumbass followers. (laughs) But I told you so. Hey, I told you so. The controversial. He's a dumbass. He can't do math. He's an idiot. He gets his hair cut at Walmart. Look at that shitty haircut. The realest podcast in the Southeast. Let the dogs loose. <laughs> Let the goons be goons. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. Enough. <laughs> 38 in a row. As in 38 on this point when we were whipping that ass. Ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. Welcome into another edition of Reed's Ranch, March 18th, Monday night. Um, A sad night, still not over the loss from Auburn, but Seth Hughes joins us down in Alabama. Seth, how are you, my friend? I've been better, John, but it's it's. I'd be lying if I didn't say it wasn't comforting to hear your voice. Yeah, whenever you said you didn't want to pod yesterday, I was like, I kind of need to, buddy. I know. I kind of need you, but I understood that you couldn't do it. You couldn't give me what I needed. I know, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I feel bad because it's been like two weeks. Well, it's okay. Last week was kind of both of us. It wasn't just you. Yeah, I'm here now, though. I'm get, you, you, you can get 110 out of me tonight. I got a little bit of a headache, but it's just because this weather's terrible. It can't make up its mind whether it wants to be hot or cold. Weather's good here. Weather's fantastic in Knoxville. We're under a freeze warning, naturally. Yeah, go figure that. So, whatever. But Sounds like the offensive coordinator search all over again. ha, <laughs> You nailed you it. it. I got it, buddy. Freeze warning. You got you, you. You nailed that one, buddy. Sometimes you just set them up for me, and I knock them down. <laughs> That's why I'm the co-host. What a turn of events, as the great Bob Kessling would say. What a turn of events. What is there even to say? The way I put it today was you went through the Georgia Texas A&M week in two days in a span of 22 hours. Yeah. I could not have felt better about this team than I did Saturday night. Like, because we'll get into the Kentucky game, I'm sure, I'm sure, but I just want to also say that it it shouldn't go 
under the radar that we easily dispatched with a Quadrant 1 team at a neutral site Friday night. It was never particularly that close. I mean, I don't think anybody ever felt like Tennessee was in danger of not winning. I don't even know. I think we, what did we end up winning by like seven or something? Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a double digit win. And then they, you know, we fouled a couple times at the end and we, we won by, we, we, we won comfortably. We won by eight or nine, but yeah, the final score is seven. And this team has been so good that we don't really let those kind of wins sink in. But Mississippi State's a five seed. Yeah. They're five seeded, and we beat them really, really easily at a neutral site Friday night. And then Saturday, I mean, what is there to say about Saturday? Like, an all-time great Tennessee win, regardless of the sport. Not just an all-time great Tennessee basketball win, an all-time great Tennessee win. An absolute all-time classic um, there's really, like, there's nothing to even say about, like, there's nothing you can say that really does it justice. Um, I mean, it was just an incredible, incredible performance. So we were sitting there Saturday night, and in the span of, I mean, in the span of, 18 hours, we had beaten a five seed easily, and we had beaten a th- the second most talented team in the nation, a top five team, um, in a really close game that was basically a road game. No, nah, I don't feel like it was basically a road game. I, I figured it was like 80-20, 85 no, Kentucky. No, no, no. Is that the way it sounded on TV? It was pretty loud, I thought. I thought Tennessee fans, uh, the way I, I keep saying it was uh, 63 to 37. Okay. I thought, I, I thought the Tennessee fans did a pretty good job. A true neutral site game. I mean, when, whenever dumbass Pat Forty says that, actually, I don't even think this was Pat Forty. I think this was a, uh, an, an, whoever covers the Kentucky team for the athletic. Oh, Tucker, CJ Tucker. Yeah, he was talking about how usually uh, Kentucky overruns arenas, and that was this was the first time it hadn't really happened that Tennessee fans were were up for the challenge. Okay, so not too bad outnumbered, but a, a true neutral site game against the Blue Blood, a top five team probably, a team that was on the one seed line. They were on the one line, and we we win an all time classic against them. I mean. It was an incredible 18-hour stretch for Tennessee basketball. And then yesterday happened, and I still don't know what to even say. I mean, like, I I don't know. I mean, it, it was pretty disgusting. It was pretty sickening. It, it was pretty tough. Yeah, it sounds like, you know, first of all, I don't know how this audio quality is going to sound like. Uh, Obviously, if you guys have made it this far, it's it's okay. I'm in a room. I've got the blankets over the the microphone the best I can. Seth, I think it's still picking up just your microphone from your computer. But we press forward. It says it's not. Say what? It says it's not. Well, it sounds good right then. It's weird. Earlier you sounded muffled again, but now you sound good. 
I don't know. We press forward. We press forward. You said that was an all-time great Tennessee win. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That that was as good as I felt uh, since since the uh, the Georgia game in 2016. The jubilation I had after beating Kentucky's ass, you know, I hadn't felt it in three years. Is that is that an overstatement? No, no. No, uh, Jonathan Toy asked me where I would rank that up on my all-time great Tennessee wins, and I said, you know, that might be the most satisfying victory of my adult life. And as you like to say, there's probably some recency, recency bias there. Mm-hmm. But, man, to beat Kentucky like that in the SEC tournament, the way that we did, we were dead. I mean, we were absolutely dead in the water. And we came roaring back. Just, you know, basically, when Tyler Harrow walked, we had the tiniest little sliver. The door was open, just the tiniest little bit that it could be for us to come back, and we took it. And we came roaring back and won. Um, yeah, on the rewatch, and you know, I went with I went to Nashville with Terrell, and you know, Sunday morning we were watching the uh, replay at at the place we were getting breakfast at. And the thing that jumped out to me was during the last six minutes, really, really the last four and a half minutes, there were probably ten plays that Tennessee had to make to win that game, and they made every one of them. Like, a, a big play that probably, you know, gets lost in the shuffle is Grant Williams taking that charge on the three-point kickout. I don't, I, don't, I don't know who it was that kicked it out, but kicked it to P.J. Washington when it was a seven-point game, and P.J. drained the three in the corner, but they gave Tennessee the charge call, which probably wasn't a charge call. We got the benefit of a whistle there. And that kind of helped keep us in the game. There was, uh, you know, a play where we lose the ball, but they call a kickball. Yeah, yeah. Of course, Grant Williams' big rebound when it was a one-point game before Lamonte hit his three. That rebound was unreal. That was an unreal rebound. Yeah, I mean, it really was. It was was awesome. It was a grown man rebound. He had the wherewithal to call timeout. It was an awesome play. I thought Tennessee also got a favorable whistle on the end one. I did not think Reed Travis fouled Grant Williams. I don't that that one's not standing out to me on whether or not he fouled him. I thought Reed Travis went straight up. They called two pretty ticky tack ones on on Reed at the very end of the game. But it was funny because they came after Grant and Admiral got the absolute shit beat out of them on two drives of the basket whenever we Whenever we lost, you know, control of the game. Whenever it went from a tie, Admiral fell so hard he nearly caused a crater in downtown Nashville, and the whistle was just silent. Like I was speechless when they didn't give Admiral two shots there. Yeah, and you know, like that was whenever Tennessee lost, lost pace with them. Went from a you know one point game to a a seven point game really fast. Um, Lamonte Turner's on-ball defense was spectacular. 
Yeah, I mean, even against Auburn, his own ball defense was good. It was just that whenever he was off the ball, he was still getting lost for three-pointers. I don't understand, like, I I know we're going to talk about that Auburn game. I just, I really wanted just to soak in the good times for a little while. Um, Yeah, my original thought for this podcast was to make it, you know, a two-part podcast. Yeah. The first half, we're just really happy after Kentucky. And then we get really uh, sad about Auburn. But obviously, that's not the way we have gone about this. That's just not how we do things. It should have been, but we've been a little all over the place uh, between trying to get this set up, trying to get the audio fixed, and me sitting in a damn in the floor on these pillows. I'm just, you know, we're overcoming some adversity or trying to. That's what we do. That's what we do for our patrons. I didn't tell you what the uh, what one of my secret favorite moments of uh, the weekend was before the uh, before the Auburn game I had to take a shit right before the game and there was only two stalls down in the Lexus lounge and I'm waiting I'm waiting and then I see this guy start getting up stirring you know he he flushes the toilet I'm like okay hurry up hurry up I gotta use the bathroom because I don't know if I've told you Seth but I got like a five minute yeah you have you have I, I gotta time this up perfectly and I'm trying to time and I'm trying to hold off I'm trying to hold off so I see him getting ready to come out, so I start walking towards the stall. That way no one tried to cut me in line. And lo and behold, old-ass Dick Vitale pops out of that stall and walks. Walks right by me, sweating, not looking well, as he headed to uh, have someone help him wash his hands. Oof, that makes me sad. That bear guy, you know what I'm talking about from game day? Yeah. Bear was there to help him wash his hands and kind of help him. That makes me sad, John. Like, I don't know if that's what Bear was actually doing, but he went to the sink at the same time. And if he wasn't there to help him wash his hands, it was just a bad coincidence for him because I went the rest of the day thinking he was there just to help Dick Vitale wash his hands. Mm. I mean, the bathroom was not left in good uh, in good shape, Seth. Just shit marks all over the toilet. Uh, well, it was not we, can, we can move on now. <laughs> Dick Vitale came out sweating and... You know, I was like, whoa. I mean, obviously, I didn't uh, didn't want to bother him while I was in the bathroom. I didn't want to take a picture or anything, but I was like, that's kind of weird. I don't really want to go in here after Dick Vitale, but I had to use the bathroom, so I did it. And then I got to thinking about how weird it is for famous people to have to go to the public bathroom like that. <laughs> now some jerk-off like me is talking about it on his podcast. I'm hoping Dick doesn't listen. As he sits in the floor in his underwear. Some schmohawks talking about following Dick Vitale to the bathroom. Let's hope Dick isn't listening right now. If he is, Dick, I'm sorry. You too, Bear. If you weren't if you weren't washing his hands, please let me know, because I'll quit telling people that. And then the Auburn game was shitty, just like Dick Vitale's bathroom stall. So can Barnes just not beat Bruce? Look, man, I don't want to sound like a redneck. I'm not trying to be mad. I'm not trying to – but my actual analysis of the game was I knew we were in trouble at, like, the six-minute mark when Auburn makes a play and Bruce just starts going absolutely berserk, pumping up the crowd. Do you remember that play? Yeah. Like, that's when I knew we were going to get beat. Yeah. Like, you know, we, we can we can bitch and moan about Rick and how he handles – the refs and how he handles his team and how he just sits there stoically and doesn't call timeout and blah, blah, blah. 
But look, man, the last three games, Auburn has wanted it more than Tennessee. At least two of the three games. The one at Auburn, maybe not so much. The one at Auburn, we lost. Yeah, but the 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 game last year in Knoxville that cost us the regular season SEC sole championship and the one seed in the SEC tournament, that one and then this SEC championship, Auburn just whipped our ass. They were just tougher. And, you know, it was really disappointing that we were down 15 points trying to make a huge comeback as the crowd's going crazy. Like, we were acting like we were winning. We were acting like it was a one-point game. We were trying so hard to pump up the crowd or pump up the team. And even as the fans are going wild, Auburn still got every damn loose ball, every damn offensive rebound. It was so frustrating. Yeah, like so everything was going their way. And some of that was because they were out hustling us and just playing harder, I thought. Yeah. And that's, that's a really bad feeling whenever you're going for an SEC championship. An SEC championship, you expected them to come out just... I mean, and this is what we all this is what we all were afraid of was that whoever came out of the other side would just they didn't have to beat Kentucky. Yeah. And hell Auburn didn't even have to beat LSU. And Auburn didn't even have to beat LSU. They had to beat a ten seed. They beat Missouri, South Carolina, and Florida. That's it. And Tennessee had to beat a five seed and then they had to beat a two seed. And they had they played a five seed and a two seed in the span of 14 hours, 16 hours. Yeah, I mean, obviously. I know, two, Auburn played, I know Auburn played four and four. Yeah, but who cares? That It wasn't like, I mean, Florida's the least physical team in the league. They're just a damn finesse team like like uh, like Auburn. You know, we're not not like Auburn. Auburn's a jump-string team, but I don't, I don't feel like they're a finesse. But, you know, Florida, Florida's a, a cakewalk. Like, I, I think Auburn, Auburn will bang down low with you. Yeah, no, yeah, they, they beat our ass down low. Okiji or whatever, Okiki or whatever the hell his name is, ate Grant Williams' lunch. He dominated that game. JM, he, he kept texting me. He texted me several times. He's like, Grant Williams looks drunk. Do you think they went out and partied last night? Do you think they're hungover? Like, they just look disinterested. Which, like, for whatever, like, this team, these guys have never looked disinterested in playing basketball for the University of Tennessee. If they did go out and get drunk, I don't know if that's still an excuse because I went out and got really, really drunk after we beat Kentucky on Saturday, and I still showed up ready to go. I was still screaming. I still brought my A game. I don't even have a voice right now. I don't know if you can tell, but my voice is gone. I mean, nobody played well except Lamonte yesterday. And I, I mean, I don't even know if I would consider Lamonte playing well. Like, he scored the ball, but hell, he couldn't dribble. <laughs> nobody could. I mean, yeah, Lamonte, you look and you say 24 points. So, yeah, I mean, he, he – shot well. His shot, is, his shot was back. Yeah, I know. But for some reason, he was running some point guard duty and couldn't dribble the damn ball. There was, there was one point in the second half that just drove me crazy, and it was when we were trying to kind of stay in it, and he dribbled, and he ended up losing the ball behind his back. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, what the fuck are you doing? I was so mad. I'm still so mad. I wasn't sad at all. Like in terms of gut punch losses, I didn't feel gut punched yesterday. I was just really frustrated because it didn't make sense to me why we got just manhandled like that. You know, it just didn't make sense why we didn't seem like we wanted to win. Seems like we couldn't really. Get, it seems like we couldn't really care less. Like Levi, <laughs> Levi had the tweet 
saying that, you know, we didn't want to win because we knew we'd be the one seed in the West. But hell, it feels like they didn't want to win because they didn't want to be the one seed in the West. They they look totally disinterested. Like if you compared, like if if you asked a random person who'd never watched either team play who wanted to win that game, like it would have been Auburn by a million. Like Bryce Brown was going to do whatever it took for his team to win yesterday. So was that damn Okiki guy. Yeah, so was that dude. I mean, he hit like five threes, I think. And grabbed like uh, 13 rebounds. I mean, it's just like we, we can never win that tournament. Like we can never win that tournament. That is back-to-back years I have sat in the arena on Sunday and watched us lose in excruciating ways. Like, last year we get down a million to Kentucky before Admiral just comes and just drops from the rafters and goes crazy to get us back in the game. We have the lead, I think, even in the second half of that game last year. And then, like, Winion Gabriel couldn't miss that entire tournament, and we lose to Kentucky. If it makes you feel better, that game is what probably what convinced Winion Gabriel to try to go pro early and he didn't get drafted and his life's probably ruined. Well, that doesn't make me feel any better, except for the fact I don't have to watch him rain threes against UT, but I hope his life's doing all right. That was a nice, mature answer from you. I'm a nice, mature guy. Proud of you. That's some growth there. You saying I've become a better person lately? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. If I'd asked you that, if I'd have said that to you uh, last year, you said, Winion Gabriel can go to hell. <laughs> I hope he's down in hell with Judas and Butch Jones. He's playing for the Stockton Kings. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a, he's a G Leaguer. He left college early to go make 30 grand playing in the G League. He left college early to go make less than the NBA 2K players in the E League. Not a uh, not a good decision from him. And then this year, I roll up and watch us just not even show up. How dumb did you feel for skipping the Kentucky game, but deciding to come to the Auburn game? No, I felt very bad yesterday. That was I got home in record time from Nashville. I was like, I remember cruising down I sixty five and looking at the speedometer. And I was going 15 over the speed limit on the interstate and thinking I need to slow it down and then thinking, nope, I want to get a speeding ticket. Please, just give me a speeding ticket. Punish me, government. I was so mad. I was like, just please let me pass a state trooper. I wanted to pass the Tennessee Highway Patrol so badly. I wanted to see the flashing lights. Like, please make this day from hell even worse i didn't even watch selection sunday i was being such a pussy last night i would not even turn the television on mike palmer a friend of the podcast and patron was like my brother just texted me and told me we got a great draw but i'm scared to look i don't have the tv on i'm like dude i ain't turned the television on since i've been home yet i ain't watching that for nothing i was so mad i just kept up with the uh the bracket the bracket uh, thread on the discord. I wasn't because unlike you, I did not get home in record time. It took me five hours to get home from, from Nashville because there was nothing but wrecks on I 40 East heading back to Knoxville. People were so mad. They were trying to drive in the ditch and kill themselves. 
which I assure you are all Tennessee fans just really regretting their decision on driving to Nashville. I mean, I, I spent $307 on that ticket yesterday. That seems, uh, that seems dumb. We left, we left at like the five minute mark. I think we got to watch 35 minutes of basketball for $300. That uh, that's that's probably the second worst decision that one of us has made in the past four months. I paid six hundred dollars for your ticket and my ticket to watch Blaine Gabbert play in a must-win home game. <laughs> hey, at least we got that fellowship that night, though. I mean, at least we got to watch that dude get so mad at me washing my hands with a bottle of water. Yeah, they can't take those memories from us. <laughs> I, I wouldn't sell those memories for six hundred dollars. Oh wait, it's a wood. <laughs> oh man! Thank God my dad didn't go. Today's my dad's birthday. My mom was like, "Todd, we can go. I'll even go with you." My mom has not been to a Tennessee basketball game, I think, since they took me to see Ron Slay play in Memorial, like. In the early 2000s. That's how long it's been since my mom been to a Tennessee basketball game. She hates sports. Today's my dad's birthday. Happy birthday, Big Todd. Happy birthday, Big Todd. We were so excited. Saturday night, my mom was like, Todd, we can go. I will go with you if you want to go. And he's like, no. He just likes watching on the TV or whatever. He probably like felt guilty about making my mom go to, to a Tennessee game or whatever. He probably didn't want to spend $500 to watch an L. And thankfully, he said, no, I want to stay at home. And they missed that ass whipping. <sighs> well. There's nothing to do about it besides forget about it. Turns out Todd is the uh, the smartest <laughs> the smartest man among us. Because well, I at least I at least uh, knew that you know yeah the Auburn game sucked, but they couldn't take away the uh, Kentucky memory from me. I had a lot of fun in the uh, in the uh, you know arena. You didn't even get that. No, and like that's how I felt last year too, because like we watched all the games on Friday, all the games on Saturday, and we watched the game Sunday. Like. You know, Tennessee at least won two games last year, and I got to see all the other games. Um, that's how I felt last year. This year, I was just like, as we were walking out of the arena, Luke was like, we're never coming back to this tournament again. <laughs> like, the good news is that I didn't feel shamed for leaving at the last TV timeout. We left with four minutes left, and we luckily got to march out of Bridgestone with no Auburn fans, you know, on the streets. They were all inside, the ones that were there. So it was a pretty quick walk back to the place to call an Uber, and we didn't have to deal with the hell we gave Kentucky fans leaving the day before. Oh, I bet it was just fantastic. Oh, it was great. We just asked them what they were doing with their tickets. A lot of uh, high tensions out there after the game. They were just kind of in shock. They're like, we don't blow eight-point leads with three minutes left. I'm like, yeah, you do. Sorry. All right, want to say uh, 
Uh, if you want in our March Madness pool, if you want in the Reeds Ranch pool, uh, if you're a patron, it's on the Discord. It's pinned under, uh, I guess, the bracket bracket section. Uh, the directions there well, on, on how to pay me, how to get the link, all there. If you are listening to this and you're on Twitter and you want in, just send me a message on Twitter. I'll give you the instructions. Uh, got about 12 people signed up so far. We we had like 70 last year, so I expect a good crowd and a good rush before the uh, actual tip-off. But we're bringing our bracket pullback. If you want in, let me know. Let's uh, get to some new patrons, Seth, if you don't mind. Uh, no, it'd be my pleasure, actually. New patron, $5 patron, Bill Rickard. Thank you, Bill. Love you. Evan Manser. Thank you, Evan. Love you. Marwan Eid. My man, Marwan. Thank you. Love you. Zachary Roberts. Thank you, Zachary. Love you. Rob Leonard. Thank you, Rob. Love you. Hunter Reese. <laughs> Love you, Hunter. Thank you, buddy. Trey Hatcher. Thank you, Trey. Love you. Thomas Fairchild. Thank you, Thomas. Love you. Jalen Dobson. Thank you, Jalen. Love you. And then we got two new patrons who upped their pledges. Shout out to uh, Jake Tedwell from going from two to five. Thank you, Jake. Love you. And Sydney Cash went from two to five. Thank you, Sydney. Love you. All right, new patrons. Let's get to a couple of their questions as we kind of look ahead to our draw and you know what we are dealing with inside the NCAA tournament. Um, Austin Mullins, he says. What will it take to get to the Final Four? What kind of key stats are you looking for? Uh, is there a number of turnovers? Is there a number of points Admiral needs to score? Or Kyle Alexander? Do you have an answer? I don't know. That's a good question, though, because I feel like an idiot now because I don't have an answer. I was going to say Kyle, but then he fouled out with 10 minutes left against Kentucky, and we still won, so... What the hell is Barnes doing there? I don't know. Like, like that felt so weird. I was like, "What are you? What are you doing? Why the hell is he in the game? Like, you should have. You never let a guy who picks up a ticky tack foul stay in to pick up another ticky tack foul. Like that was. I was just like, "Oh my god." On one hand, like you know, we've talked about like you have to trust your players. So like when if you leave them in with three. Like, I, I think you can kind of defend it, but after he gets his fourth, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? I'm not, look, again, not going to make it a big thing, but I was not impressed with Rick's coaching. Just situationally. I'm just a big situational guy, and there were many opportunities that we could have stolen some minutes for Grant Williams. Like, with that many, with the way the TV timeouts broke, like he could have played an extra four minutes of game while still getting a lot of rest. There'd be times where he would go out like at eight, the eight ten mark, right, and then there would be a TV timeout, or there'd be two back to back TV timeouts, or something like that, where you could have brought him back in with five minutes of rest while only missing like forty seconds of game time. But Rick just stayed, I guess, focused on his rotation patterns. Uh, that that worries me for the tournament, like. There were times when, you know, John Fulkerson and Pons were in the game together, uh, you know, against Kentucky, and I'm just like, this doesn't seem good. But, you know, they didn't really punish you for it. No. But then you get to, you know, the Auburn game, and if you look, I'm pretty sure whenever we were up, we brought in Fulkerson and Walker, not together, but, you know, back-to-back, and we couldn't score for eight minutes, and we got our ass kicked. I liked playing Walker against Kentucky. Yeah, you can't play him against Auburn. You can't play him against Auburn, man. 
Like, that needs to be Forky. Yeah. Like, yeah, let him go down there and bang with Travis and... Like, he, he got the second foul on PJ. Right. Let him bang with PJ and Travis. He can't go down there and bang with somebody, anybody on Auburn. Like, I want Walker to come in, like, against Kentucky. What I wanted Walker to do was I wanted him to come in the game, and I wanted him to literally punch PJ Washington in the face and knock him out. Well, he kind of did. They got that double flagrant. They got the double flagrant. So you did your job, Derek. Good job. We set the goon in. Yeah, I mean, like, seriously. Like, that's... But you can't play him against Auburn, man. No. No, you can't. I don't know how much you can play Kyle against Auburn. None. You can't. You can't. And that's that's my worry is that if we play against somebody like Purdue or Villanova who bombs a lot of threes, like both those teams shoot... You know, Villanova shoots 33 pointers a game and Purdue shoots like 28 three pointers like, a game. I saw Villanova shot 54% of their field goals were three pointers this year. Yeah, and that has to uh, terrify you if you are. Purdue a has that 7 2 guy. I mean, Kyle's got to play against Purdue. Purdue does not scare me. They shoot 28 threes. Hey, our three could be Houston. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not worried about our draw. I'm just looking at matchups. Like, yeah, I mean, Kentucky, Kentucky got Wofford. Like, Wofford might beat Kentucky's ass. Yeah. As far as key stats, Austin, um, I mean, it's hard to point to because, like you said, like you can't even say Lamonte has to shoot well because he shot like shit against Kentucky, but he hit the big shot, right? And Kyle played really good against Mississippi State, but he played like shit against Kentucky. I'll say that if we are going to make the Final Four, you're going to have to get 40 points per game from Kyle and Admiral. Is that fair to say? 40, 42, 42 points per game. From Kyle Alexander and Admiral Schofield. No, 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 sorry. I meant Grant, Grant and Admiral. Oh, well, I was like, John, buddy, we ain't going to the Final Four. No, no, no. Grant and Admiral have to combine for 42. Yes, that seems fair. That would be one of the numbers I look at. And Bone needs to probably have... 15. At least five assists per game. I will say a bright spot, Jordan Bowden's shot is back. Yeah, yeah. I wish he got a couple more shots, in fact. Yeah, I mean, we shot 54% from three and got beat by 20. I wish we would, like I thought, because Bowden shot well against Kentucky. He shot well against Auburn. I kind of wish we would do a little bit more to get him some threes. Well, that's the thing is I don't think you can run offense for him because that's when he sucks. He just, He's the ultimate let-the-game-come-to-him guy. Yeah. I wish we would have put Grant up at the top of the key more. Like, we couldn't get a damn entry pass into him. That's when we, we – we lost the game. Go back and watch it. We lost the game as John Fulkerson and Derek Walker were trying to, you know, put entry passes in to the post. <laughs> Buddy, I'm not going back and watching that game. For some reason, we were letting Derek Walker and John Fulkerson try to put entry passes down into the post, and they just kept getting picked off. Like, put Grant, I- I'm 100% with you, Coach. Grant Williams needs the ball more. Let's give him the ball at the top of the key and kind of get out of his way. Maybe run an Admiral Grant pick and roll or pick and pop. Maybe do something like that or an you know a Grant Bone, uh, you know a four one five one pick and roll. Like I'm okay with something like that. I don't want I don't want um, every matchup just to rely on getting Grant in the post. 
you waited too long to do it against Kentucky. It almost cost you the game. Instead, you know, it won you the game. You still had enough time, but we finally started getting the ball to Grant the post, and you know, he started making things happen against Auburn. You, you, you sometimes just have to put him out at the top of the key. He's been really good up there at the top of the key in terms of making plays. Yeah, Jackie Clowers. He asked, "Of all the teams we lost to, which would you most like to play again, and which one least?" You go first. The team I would most like to play again, it would be LSU. Yeah. I mean, I think that's uh, an obvious answer. The team you'd least like to play again, I see, it seems like a tougher question. If you played either Auburn or, uh, Auburn or Kentucky again, it would be in the Final Four. Uh, man, I, really, I really don't want to play either one of them, honestly. Um, I guess I'd say Kentucky because we beat them twice. Like I don't, I don't, I don't know if we can beat Auburn. Like they just play such a gimmicky style of of basketball that it seems like Rick Barnes doesn't know how to coach against. Yeah, so I was thinking about this. Um, like he obviously doesn't know how to coach against it because he had John Fulkerson and Derek Walker in the game. I was thinking about sort of related. I was thinking about whether or not I would like to see. Out of the Midwest, if we were to make the Final Four, would I rather see Kentucky or North Carolina? And I say I would rather see Kentucky because Kentucky is more talented than Tennessee. I bet Kentucky would be favored in that game. But at least I know that the guys in orange know beyond a shadow of a doubt 100% they can go and they can beat Kentucky. Like, and, you know, I mean, I'm, they can, too, against North Carolina, but, like, it's North Carolina. Like, if you're, if you're going to have to play, if you got your choice of two true blue bloods, at least we're, I'm going to choose the one that we've beaten twice this year and that our players know they are just as good as. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would, it would really suck to lose to Kentucky in that scenario. I would rather lose to Carolina than Kentucky, obviously. But I do think I, I like our chances better of beating Kentucky. Like they, they probably feel the opposite about Auburn, right? Like they're zero and three against Auburn the last. I don't years. want anything to do with Auburn ever again. No, I hope the FBI takes them down. I hope New Mexico State whips them. I don't want anything to do with Auburn. Bruce cannot beat them. I mean, Rick cannot beat them. They play the, uh, the, the, the way they play, we just can't handle. And I don't know what it is because Auburn lost to some bad teams. Auburn put up 55 points at home against Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Like, it's not like Auburn is a one seed. They lost like nine games. They were a five seed even after winning the, after, even after winning the conference. They stayed a five seed. I don't want anything to do with them, though. Some teams just have your number, and they have ours, and that is fine. It is what it is. It sucks. But I do not want to play them. Give me Kentucky in the Final Four. Honest to God, give me to Kentucky in the Final Four. I bet Jordan Bone has nightmares about Bryce Brown. And Jared Harper didn't even play! They didn't even have to play their point guard, who is good, who is very good. 
to play. Chimi Okajuki, whatever, decided that he was going to hit every three he shot. I don't want anything to do with them. Bruce Pearl can go to hell. Man, couldn't win the tournament with all those awesome teams he had at UT. He lost to Rick Stansberry. Remember when we lost to Arkansas? Yeah, he lost to Rick Stansberry on Sunday. Jarvis Varnado. Yeah, you made me nervous when you didn't say anything. I was like, oh, did I mess that up? No, you're right. I was thinking the worst one to me was the game against Arkansas at Georgia Tech. All those awesome teams we had, we could never win the SEC tournament. And he goes and he wins one with this finicky-ass bullshit basketball team that doesn't even run an offense. I get because they played they play awesome defense. I mean, they're everywhere on D. They're getting their hands on everything. Breathe, Seth. Breathe. Man, I hadn't got to talk about it with anybody because I just, I don't know that I said 10 words the rest of the night when I got in my car yesterday. I just started going 90 miles an hour down the interstate. Went back to my parents' house. My dad was on the lawnmower. He got off, and he said, well, I hate that had to happen for you. And I said, yeah, I am too. I got back in my car and drove to my apartment. And I laid on the couch. What kind of music do you listen to on the way home? The Turnpike Troubadours. What's your level of confidence that uh, we make the Final Four? Oh, I mean, I have no idea. Not very. We've never made it before. <laughs> I mean, I'm not very confident in anything when it comes to Tennessee athletics. One step forward, two steps backwards while getting a bullet in the temple is our typical M.O. I mean, I'm not very scared of Cincinnati. No, I'm not scared of Cincinnati at all. Like, I think that... Or, or Iowa. Or Iowa. Yeah, I think that got overhyped big time because they won yesterday. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not worried about them. Maybe this will be an all-time backfire and we'll have to cut this audio out and burn it, but I'm not worried about either Iowa or Cincinnati. We're going to get to the Sweet 16. Agreed. Now, what happens in the Sweet 16, we'll, we'll wait and see, but... We're getting to the Sweet 16. And like, okay, about the best um, analysis of, of UT's draw that I've seen so far is from Jesse Simonton over at VolQuest. He said, basically, here's the thing. Tennessee is clearly better than every single team in their half of the bracket. Nobody is even particularly close. What more could you ask for? Like, yeah, you can bitch that we have to play Cincinnati an hour and a half from their campus, and it sucks. It's gay. It ain't right. I'm mad about it, too. But we just beat Kentucky and Bridgestone. It ain't going to be anything compared to that. That's a good point. No, I mean, like, when I lived in Cincinnati, like, it was evenly dispersed between Ohio State, Xavier, Kentucky fans. Yeah, like, they don't, they're not going to... 
they're not gonna it's not gonna be a raucous crowd in Columbus, Ohio, because they're all fired up about their Bearcats. The Bearcats can go to hell. They're not even that good. Yeah. We're gonna make the Sweet 16. Villanova has four quadrant one wins. Purdue's best player is five five. Matt Pinter can't make it past the Sweet 16. They're not playing that well. I see no reason why we should not be playing in the Elite Eight against Virginia in front of a crowd that is very pro-UT because it will be in Louisville, Kentucky. One game at a time. One weekend at a time. Let's get through this. Let's get to the Sweet 16 before we start worrying about Virginia. That's right. Let's go. Let's let's get through Colgate. How do we feel about Colgate? I'm a Crest guy. Are they any good? Like, I mean, are they for real any good? I have no idea. You you get it? it I got it, man. It's a great toothpaste joke. Whoa, chill out. I don't know why you're so mad at me. <laughs> you just got me fired up, John. You know how to push my buttons. <laughs> uh, you can always laugh at a toothpaste joke, though. You know I love you. Road Dog Reese asked what our favorite type of toothpaste is. I've always been a Crest guy, to be honest. That's that's always the answer. I was an Aquafresh guy going up. Ugh, that's the worst kind. Now I buy Colgate in bulk. So the Aquafresh is the the stripe kind, right? Ugh, that's the worst. My uncle had Colgate and or uh, had Aquafresh, and every time I'd go over there, I would just feel so dirty. Figured you'd have more class than that. This is what my parents use. Now I buy. I buy Colgate, Max Fresh Shockwave off Amazon in packs of six. I buy it in bulk. Fellas, pro tip, you can also buy deodorants in bulk off Amazon. It's a great deal. I buy Old Spice in bulk off Amazon, too, six six sticks at a time. What do six sticks run you? I'm, I'm looking up right now. Hold on. Basically, I've tried to sync my life to where I do not have to leave my apartment complex unless it is to go to the field at 5.30 a.m. Or to go see your family. Or to go see my family, whom I love. It was $26.97 for six sticks of Old Spice Fiji. That seems like a lot. It probably is a lot. But I'm a man of means, John. I think, I think they're taxing your ass. I'm a man of means. I'm a degree guy. I go with degree. That, that degree's solid. The white stuff. No, you always smell good whenever I've rubbed up against you. My deodorant makes me smell very good. I'm very co- one of the few things I'm confident in. You got a lot to be confident about, John. You're a great young man. All right, Seth, let's end it there. I hope this audio doesn't suck. I'm afraid it's going to suck, but uh, this was a really fun episode. I hope it's not because I think that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm hoping it doesn't. I'm, I'm hoping the audio doesn't suck, but I'm a little worried that it's going to. But I love you. We'll talk soon. All right, Seth, I love you. I'll talk to you later. Later, buddy. Bye-bye. All right, see you.